0: Hey folks, welcome to the Baseball Rewind. We bring you baseball facts, stories, and sprinkle in game highlights and interviews about the highlighted player. February 2nd, 1969, pitchers Stan Kovalinski and Wait Hoyt are voted into the Hall of Fame by a special veterans committee. Kovalinsky learned control as a youngster by throwing rocks at tin cans that swung from a tree. Though he pitched a shutout in his very first big league start with the Athletics in 1912, he was sent back to the minors, mainly because the A's were totally stacked back then, despite Connie Mack's love for him. But it was there in the minors where he learned to spitball. He played in the minor leagues from 1913 through 1915, and he won 54 games over those three seasons. But he finally earned a permanent spot in the big leagues in 1916 when the Cleveland Indians bought his contract. His fluttering spitball that dove sharply and broke inside on both righties and lefties was totally dependent on the wind. That was an interesting fact that I learned in the interview that I'm going to play for you uh, in a moment. Uh, Kovalinsky helped two very unlikely teams win the World Series. He won three games in the 1920 World Series, the first championship for the Cleveland Indians against Brooklyn, while yielding only two runs and three starts. And in 1925, he helped helped the Senators to their very first World Series and their only World Championship. He won 20 games for the Senators, but he did go 0-2 in the series. Stan will win over 60% of his games over his career, and he's going to post ERAs under two twice, and he topped 300 innings three different times, and he finished 223 of his total 385 starts. Now, he was a longtime resident of South Bend, Indiana, and a ball field in that college town bears his name to this day. Wait, schoolboy Hoyt pitched his first inning in the Major Leagues at 18, and when he threw his last pitch 20 years later, he had more, more than 230 wins to his Hall of Fame career. Originally, he was signed by the New York Giants, and then he moved to the Boston Red Sox in 1919 and 1920, before he was shipped off with the rest of Harry Freeze's big names prior to the 1921 seasons. Like many other Red Sox cast off, Hoyt ended up with the New York Yankees, and it was there that he emerged as a true ace. Uh, Hoyt was a clutch performer. He was 6-3 with a stellar 1.62 ERA for the Bronx Bombers in the World Series. Uh, In 1921, a losing World Series, Hoyt pitched three complete games in seven days, winning two, losing one, with a three-game ERA of 0.00. Hoyt was also the losing pitcher in the famous 1926 World Series, Groveland-Cleveland-Alexander game. He did, however, anchor the pitching staff for three Yankee Championship clubs in 1923, 27, and 28 before moving on to several teams in his 30s. Hoyt is just one of 50 players who posts a war above six for the Yankees. Considering their history, that number is a little bit less than I thought it would be. Hoyt became a radio star after baseball, and he was the first former player to really take hold of the booth from 1942 to 1965, and his rain delay stories are fantastic, and you have to listen to them, Uh, and you can listen to a bunch of them over on Vintage Baseball Reflections. Now, today's interview is about 50 years old, and it's Stan. Uh, he's being interviewed by Eugene Murdoch. Um, the interview is well over two hours. I'm not playing two hours' worth of an interview. I'm going to play you about five minutes so you can get a feel for it. And it's just a little clip. And the cool thing about these interviews is how widespread they are. And if you haven't listened to any, I highly recommend it. Um, and if, if you love baseball history, you're just going to drop into vintagebaseballreflections.com and have a listen to this one. They talk about everything from how they got started in their career all the way to the, to their life after baseball. And, you know, Kovalinsky, I mentioned this right from the start where he learned how he learned how to pitch, but, you know, it was, he was actually working in a coal mine when he was a kid. And uh, he and it was a coach for the high school team who saw him throwing his throwing stones at cans that decided that maybe Stan would be a pretty good pitcher. So he signed him up for the high school team and his career went off in baseball instead of being a coal miner. So, you know, you, you listen to these things during these interviews and it's really amazing to, you know, to get a more, much more of a grasp of who these guys were. So I hope you check it out over at VintageBaseballReflections.com and here's that interview for.
1: When did the spitball start? Well, when Tony Mack left me go, you see, I went to Spokane, uh, Washington. No, yeah, I went to Spokane, Washington for two years. I didn't use the spitball. I was 13 and 14? I uh, 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. Why did he let you go? Beat Detroit? Because and why? He had a pretty good you know staff. You he had? Eddie Plank, yeah, Eddie Plank, Chief Vendor, Jack Coombs, Joe Bush, you had them. Oh, yeah, them. I didn't have much of a chance. Yeah. Of that. Well, anyhow, from Spokane, I went to Portland mm-hmm. for 1915. was in 1915, and while I was in Portland, I just said to myself, t- I got to get more stuff. Now I heard, the, I heard Philip talk about a speedball, but I didn't know what it was. See, I didn't know how to throw it. So I was tobacco at that time. <laughs> I put a chunk of tobacco in and wet my finger and throw it, but you couldn't, tobacco was sticky, see. Well, who was reporting the there? It was Joe McGinney. Oh, okay. yeah. And uh, Harry Krause, and some, they come over to me, and we got talking, and he said, you can't throw a ball with tobacco. I said, when did you get out of them? And I said, what is that? And I said, I didn't know what that man. He said, you go to the drugstore and says it comes in bark and he says, you cut just a little chunk off and put it in your mouth and just, you get the juice out of it. And then I started to see And I started slow and I could do it. And I found when I was practicing this pit ball, I always pitched against the wind because that wind helped to break it down. That gave me a lot of confidence in the sea. And from there on, I... What if the wind was blowing the other way? Huh? Well then, I had to say, it would break all right, but it wouldn't break yeah. as good. Yeah. There was pitching pitch the wind, so yeah. That's the first thing I look, when we come to walk, i club, I always watch what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they have the uh, big grandstand behind home plate, it kind of shields the wind. You wouldn't have much chance of the wind blowing. Uh, down, out down at the coast out there, there they only have one story. Oh yeah. See story. Okay. Well, from there we were in the fall of the year nineteen fifteen. Yeah. the fall of the year we were winding up in Los Angeles. And uh, the American League and National League always play an like, exhibition game in San Francisco, see. So they asked, The American League asked a lot of fellows, we need a pitcher, who is the good pitcher out here? He said, we'll get Kowalewski, he looks like the best. So they phoned me, and phoned me to Los Angeles uh, if I'd come up and pitch for him. I said, of course I'll come up and pitch for you because I'm going to Los Angeles or San Francisco anyhow because the World's Fair was on, it seems after the season. I said, well here's where I'm to make my expense anyhow. When well, we started the game, Oscar Stanley catching me. So I, after a football, fired a fat ball, a slow ball, he gave me a spitter, and I threw a spitter. And he hit his glove in the end, and he walked out to me, and he said, be careful. Boy. I said, what's the matter, I missed the sign? He said, no. So from that time on, Every ball club in the National League wanted me, and you know, it was all the different kind of ball players there. When they seen what I had, now they couldn't even hit it. <laughs> That's how good it was. Who was Stanage with? Which team then? Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, he was in different now. But how did Cleveland get you then? Well, Cleveland owned Portland. Uh, yeah. So, Cleveland... Did his fellow McGready run Portland? McReady. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did he have anything to do with the Cleveland? connection? He well, people? they had a, a contract between both of you, I think they did. Yeah. I we was, well, then, anyhow, we're in New Orleans, you know, with Cleveland. And we're, we're playing New York, I believe. And uh, we were in our ball club in shape, and the in New Orleans ball club was the ones both to play, you see. And Jack Dobbs, or Jake Dobbs, he needed a pitch. he come on and ask Lee Foley. Lee said, how about on the Kovalevsky Lane? So Lee asked, I said, sure, I'm going to pitch. Here's what well, I thought, well, here's what I'm going to be left in the morning. Well, I went in there for five minutes, thinking he never hit any ball out of the end. So Lee walked over and said, that's enough for him. <laughs> so Johnny Todd, this is the story that I heard, see. So Johnny Dobb said, "You leave Corvallesca here. I'm like a good pitcher." He says, "He proved now he's a good pitcher." Me. He <laughs> was in New Orleans. Uh, Johnny team Manager was, or he managed New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, How was your last year? How was your year with Portland there in 1915? How'd you do there? You oh, win, listen, uh, we had. had good, good? I must have been in about 70 or 80 ballcats. I only win 17, but I must have been in 80 walk. But I don't know how many I win for Sunny Big and down. Bottom and Lush, and, uh, <laughs> and there were three pitchers there to go about four or five in oh, and they were see. done, see? so they take them all for me. Did your arm get tired? Huh? Did you get tired? Oh, I so don't much? know, i never seen to get tired. Rubber I'm, arm? i never had a sore arm. Mm. And I never, all I ever got was two days rest in the American League. Huh. That's all I wanted because if I had two, three, or four, days, I'm too wild. I go out there. I'm too fast. See, I'm, get, I'm trying to throw a down. Or other words, I just throw half the balls.